Welcome to the Bethesda Christian Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit yourbcc.org or download our mobile app from the App Store. I've always said you don't know what you're going to get when you go to the treehouse. I got tears coming down my face. Oh, I hope it's not a long message. I'm already a mess. (laughs) September, as you heard, we talk about missions quite a bit in September around Bethesda here. It started a long time ago. Missions have been a part of our church for a long time. But within the last 10 to 12 years... um, The one that I have the chance to follow, his name was our beloved yet departed friend, Joe Kaderiu. Under the guidance of Pastor Dunn, started something new around here and we began to focus more in in September on the missions that we support and the missions that we have. And we have done things throughout the years with banners and pictures and parades and all kinds of different ways, and this is such a different year that I don't even have one thing hanging up about missions this year, and as I say, missions have been encouraged. I remember being a kid in the youth group, and the youth group that I grew up in, Brother Jim would come in and talk about Elam Bible Institute and Teen World Outreach, and he would encourage us as young people to go out and try to do a mission trip. And uh, every summer I would watch friends leave and I would see people go on mission trips. And I never did it myself. To this day, I kicked myself. Why didn't you go? Then we had people that, remember the celebrant singers? Or how about the continental singers? You know, we used to have them come in and it was always young people. And they were typically older, probably more in the upper high school, college age. And they would travel and a lot of them would travel the globe. And they would be singing and telling the message about Christ. I had a chance one time to travel with a, on a short trip with youth with a mission. And there are so many that are out there in our support They need support of people to be a part of that. And there are people all over this globe that need to hear the word of God. Amen? So as we have taken time through this month to kind of focus on that, I just want to remind you who our missions are because we don't have it in print at this moment. But many of you will probably remember all these names. Abigail Ministries, our Community Food Pantry, Compassion Pregnancy Center, Gateway to Glory Ministries, Life Builders. Uh, and this one's changed a little bit. We would say life challenge, but they've actually changed to adult and teen challenge slash life challenge. Uh, Night Angels, Reconciliation Ministries. Um, Basket of Hope, our mission in Kenya that we support. Che, Community Health Empowerment in Uganda. Commission to Every Nation in Ecuador, an Operation Serve International that, that does missions in Egypt and Mexico, and they're now even expanding a little bit more in the Middle East. And this year, I have the joy to let you know that we're going to be adding one more 
called Joy Chapel in the ministry of Nathan and Jeanette Visker that are in Okinawa, Japan. And they have been over there for years. Well, Nathan has been over there for years. He's recently married. And we're going to begin to be able to add that. We're going to have a baker's dozen this year, folks. We're going to have 13 missions that we support. And all of our missions need support. It's a difficult time. It's a difficult season. And so I'm going to just ask you now to please be in prayer of what you can do because we're going to be asking for your support. We're going to be asking for your faith promise coming up over the next few weeks as Pastor Pat continues to lead us through this time of missions month. And we're going to ask what the Lord will put on your heart in order to be able to support these missions that we have committed to. And I need your help in that. They need your help in that. So please be praying about that. And we'll continue to talk about that. And you'll be seeing some video and stuff like that coming up in the next number of weeks. But today, and for what we're here for this morning, and what we're going to call the series that we're going to do here through the month of September is this. It's called Recenter. How many have ever had a, a mapping program on your phone and you kind of swiped on that that? tablet or your phone or whatever, and it kind of got you off your route. This, this is what happened to me, recentering. My wife and I were down in Nashville. We were dropping our son and our new daughter-in-law off at their, their new home, and we were driving back up through Nashville. We were up on, I think we were heading north on I-65. I really don't know Nashville that well. Um, I followed my mapping system in, and I followed the mapping system out. And I'm so grateful for how, how it directed and, and guided us. But as we were getting on I-65 North from where we were leaving, um, it told us that it was, I think it told me you got to be like north on this for like a hundred and so many miles. And so whatever happened, we're just driving along and we're going north and the freeway was moving along at a good pace. So we were keeping up. And uh, maybe leading the pack every now and again. But we were going along and I looked down and I see on my phone to find out where our next turn was. And when I looked down on the mapping, it, we really hadn't left where we started from. And I'm like, what in the world? Where are we? And as I picked up my phone, because I didn't have anywhere to mount it, it had this button that said recenter. And so, of course, I hit recenter. And immediately the mapping system took me right to where we were right at that exact moment as we were continuing to move north and my destination was still in, everything was all set. But what had happened is I had done something to kind of get the mapping system off the track that it needed to be on and I hit one button and it pulled me right back into the center of where I needed to be. And so I was much more confident now knowing where my next turn was. Have you ever had that happen? Anybody done that? Have you ever seen it? I think even some of the websites, if you look at even some of the Zillows and stuff like that, if you're looking at homes and, and it's, you begin to move it, you can hit a recenter button and it'll pull you back to where you need to be. Well, let's get into this. I've heard what's been happening. I just had somebody come up to me under the overhang this morning as we were greeting you as you were coming in and saying, we've been out on the road. I'm telling you, it's bad out there. 
the stuff that we're hearing all over the United States for these last number of months. The people of our nation are struggling right now. And I know our cities are struggling right now. And the political arena seems to be toxic, if you will. And there just seems to be no good news anywhere you turn. Statistics are showing us that alcoholism, depression, homelessness, hopelessness, divorce, suicides, abuse cases, are unemployment, all on the rise, job loss, all on the rise, especially since March. And unfortunately, this bad news is on the rise. But do you know what people want? They just want to hear some good news, don't they? People want to hear good news. So my question is to each and every one of you that are in this house today, do you have any good news to share? Do you have any good news to share? I hope so. Isaiah 52 verse 7 says this, how beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those that bring good news who proclaim peace, who bring good tidings, who proclaim salvation, who say to Zion, your God reigns. As I was talking about this with our staff this past week, and tying in the message that we heard last Sunday about the good shepherd, I started to talk about feet. I don't care for feet a whole lot. How about you? Especially if it's other people's feet, I even like it less. But I'm not going to talk about that today. What I'm going to talk about is the shepherd. This shepherd was in a position, was in a lowly position, right? We heard stories, and, and I've heard stories in the past that shepherds many times are living out in the field with their sheep. They're just as stinky, they're just as dirty, their hair is just as gnarled as the sheep's wool a lot of times because they're spending time with the sheep in the day of Jesus when all this was being talked about. I'm not saying it happens quite as much now, but I have heard stories that it does. And, and, and it's kind of a lowly position in our feet. You know, my feet spend most of their time in socks and shoes. I don't know about you. You don't see sandals on this boy's feet very much. Kind of this lowly thing, kind of feeling that it's unimportant, but it's not unimportant. They're very important. We all need to learn how to share our faith because this is an an important factor of our walk with our relationship of Jesus Christ is to share the good news that we have. And there's people that are hurting, that are upset, that are frustrated, that are killing themselves. They are, they are overwhelmed with any idea of what hope is. But in order to keep our relationship strong with Jesus, we need to be sharing what he's given us. This salvation that he's given us is a great gift, but it's not for us to keep to ourselves. Romans 10, verses 14 and 15 out of the NIV says this, how then can they call on the one that they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they've not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? Listen to this. 
And it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those that bring good news. We are to share our faith. Our word of the day is share. I hope you will continue to share. I hope you will let this message get so deep down inside of you because in this world that we're living in right now, there is far from a whole lot of hope out there. Where are they going to turn to? Where are they going to look? The first thing on my list, I wrote down, well, they want to see the government to take care of their needs. They want substances. How about horoscopes? When's the last time you checked? I hope you don't raise your hand. Your horoscope. I read this out of the New York Times or the New York Post. When there's a big change in the world or more uncertainty in the world, that is when people look for more certainty. Psychic Betsy LeFay told the Post, "Everyone now wants more certainty, and yes, that is when people tend to turn to their psychics." LaFay moved upstate during the pandemic, but still performs her services virtually for clientele based largely in the city. New Yorkers who've never turned to the occult before are now seeking out some spiritual guidance. East Village psychic Kathleen Lee used to largely serve tourists, but with the visitors gone, her newly reopened business has seen more locals desperate to find this new normal more than ever before. In my 30 years, I've never had so many clients from the same block or the same neighborhood, she said. Even medical professionals are getting in on it, according to the Manhattan psychic Marion Hedger, whose business has been absolutely nuts amid the outbreak. Now, I cut out some stuff in this especially the fees that they like to charge. If you saw the fees that they charge, you'd be appalled. Well, I'll tell you one. The first, the first psychic that I told you, Betsy LeFay, she only charges $997 an hour. And her business is rocking. Her business, she says, is going crazy. Now, they're not all that ridiculously expensive, but they all have a cost, and not just a cost of the pocketbook. You're going to start searching the occult for answers? <laughs> oh, Lord, help us to wake up to what's going on in this world. Jesus' words in the book of Matthew should do something to our minds and our heads. And I've heard all my life that we're getting more near to the end of the age than we've ever been before. Well, I believe that with all my heart. And I can tell you we're closer today than we were yesterday. I don't know when his coming is coming back to, to ransom us, get us out of this place. I don't know, but with the way society wants to push Christ aside, I'm feeling like it's closer than it's ever been. Jesus was warning his disciples in Matthew 24. The disciples asked him this question, tell us, when will all these things be and what will be the sign of your coming at the end of the age? And at the end of verse 9, before we go into verse 10 that they're going to put up on the screen, Jesus said this, you will be hated all over the world because you are my witnesses. At the time, many will turn away from the faith 
and betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and deceive many. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. But the one who stands firm in the end will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. Is your love for your Christ waning? Is it starting to grow cold? Has it grown cold? I'm afraid that we are so comfortable in this world that we don't even feel the burden to share Jesus with those around us. And folks, I am not pointing my finger at anybody but myself. I have begun over the last few months to really have it stir in me or it has begun to stir in me at a deeper rate than ever before that I am so comfortable. Is, do we live a comfortable life or what? We have a great life in this country. We live very comfortably, so comfortably that I'm afraid that it's starting to, to wear on us, to dull us down. Remember the message we heard a number of years ago about how you boil a frog? What do you do? You throw them in the pot and you just gradually warm it up, don't you? Well, that pot is continuing to warm up and we're in it. And, and I'm afraid that I have gotten so comfortable because, man, life is good. Life is comfortable. Life is good. But I saw a video this week that I am afraid, I'm sorry that I could not share with you because of just... All the things that go on with all the uh, inner or the online stuff these days. But it was a pastor by the name of Wayne Cordero. And he was speaking to some pastor, some, some church leaders in the underground church in China. And actually, this is almost a 10 year old video. They brought 22 leaders in to be able to share with them. They took a train for 13 hours to get to this conference. They met in a room with the 22 people that they brought in and the rest of his staff, Wayne's staff. And they were in a room of about 700 square feet. A wooden floor and they didn't have any chairs for them because they were doing this in China. They were trying to do this, you know, without being so conspicuous because they're not supposed to do this. And Wayne asked the question of all the leaders, the 22 leaders that were there. He asked them two questions. How many people do your lives affect in the people that you're reaching in China? And as they began to count it up and stuff, they said it was about 20 million people these 22 leaders touched. And so he says, what happens if we get caught here today? They said, you'll immediately get deported. And I'm not sure if that would be the same today. You will immediately get deported. The rest of us will go to jail for three years. And he said they sat in that room and he taught from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. 
not having any break in between. He said they just taught the whole time. Those people never got up off that hardwood floor sitting there. And he said for three days, it was eight to five, no break. They weren't looking for a lunch break. They were just so desiring to hear the word of God because it's so rare in the nation that they live. And all I could think is, Barry, get recentered on Christ. Get recentered on this God that we love. Get recentered to where we need to continually be going. He said, how many of you have gone to jail already before? Out of the 22, 18 raised their hand. And he said he had 15 Bibles that he passed out to these, um, these individuals and they were all taking them and he said, I'm sorry, I didn't have enough for everybody. That's the most that I could get to bring in. And he said, so in my teaching, he said, we're gonna turn to First Peter. And he said, as he did that, he watched this one lady hand her Bible to somebody else. He's like, why are you doing that? Oh, I already have First Peter memorized. Because the word is so precious. They spend so much time in jail that when they could get what scripture they could get, they learn it as fast as they can to commit it to memory so that it won't be taken away from them because if they find the paper, if they find the Bible, they will take it and destroy it. And I have to admit, I'm kind of weird. I'm wearing this very heavy today for myself, but I hope it will be for you too. And I pray that we, as God's children, we get the burden, we get the desire, we get the fire burning in us because there are so many people that are surrounding us that are hurting that we may not even fully realize because this corona thing has them terrified that we need to get out of our comfortable surroundings and start sharing with those that are around us the hope that they can have too in Jesus Christ. Matthew 9, 35 through 38. And Jesus went throughout the cities and the villages teaching, their, uh, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, healing every disease and every affliction. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed. They were helpless like sheep without a shepherd. What a timely message last week. Then he said to his disciples, now folks, listen to this. This is the crux of everything that we're talking about today. The harvest is what? Plentiful. But the laborers are few. See, the harvest is not the issue. We're the issue. <laughs> the laborers are the issue. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest. See, all believers have been summoned to the mission field. You and I don't get a pass and expect somebody else to be able to go do that. It's not the 13 missions that we're gonna support. That's, it's not other people that have the job to go out there and do that. It's every one of us that have the job to get out into this mission field that God has placed us in. We're the laborers. 
And what's few? The laborers. We need to have more laborers. We need to be praying for more laborers. All of us who have Jesus, we've experienced that gift that he's given us of everlasting life. It should be so deep inside of us that we can't help but want to share it with somebody else. Romans 1 and verse 16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel because it's the power of God that brings what? Salvation to everyone who believes. First to the Jew, then to the Gentiles. I know standing here or sitting here or being in this place this morning, it's a little bit easier to say, of course I'm not ashamed of the gospel. But when you get outside and you're in the world and you're talking with somebody that has been devastated through health issues, they've been devastated by death, they've been devastated by unemployment, whatever it is, are we now saying, I am not ashamed of this gospel. I have been given something that you need too. And let me share it with you. Let me share this with you. He gave us his Holy Spirit to help us to be witnesses. He gave us his Holy Spirit to encourage us, to empower us, and we're to be missionaries in our own way. It's not missions month, it's somebody else's time. It's only for those that we support. We need your help. They need our finances to do it because that's the work that they've been called to do. But every one of those that I've listed here are individuals, they are people, and they're out in this world and they are sharing the gift of Jesus Christ with those that are broken, those that are hurt, those that are lost, those that need some kind of hope in their lives. We need to pray for a boldness. You know, boldness isn't just a natural thing. Boldness doesn't just come to us in a natural way. I was looking up and you can read the word boldness in scripture quite a bit. But it's because of what the Lord does in us to embolden us to be able to speak that truth. So again, my question today is, do you need to be recentered on the path of this great message that we have in a world of people that are hurting, that are crying, that are screaming? Some are taking their own lives because they see no hope. Oh Lord, don't let me walk past somebody else again that I could be able to give that good news to that could help them maybe from committing something like that. Recenter me, Lord. How about you? Do you need that prayer? Do you need to say, Lord, I need to be recentered on you. The, the destination's already plugged in. You've already got the salvation thing worked out, and you know what? You know where you're going in him. But the problem is sometimes we get diverted, we get distracted, we get busy doing too many things. We get too busy talking about the things that aren't building the kingdom because guess what, folks? This place is gonna burn one day. It's gonna be, there's gonna be a new heaven and there's gonna be a new earth. And unfortunately among us, there are some that have the potential of going to hell and we can make a difference in that. Does that stir you up at all? Does that get you like, Lord, that's where I want to be. What 
what Pastor Rob brought forth this morning, this, this idea of learning the words that we're singing and, and meaning the words that we're singing, I think are so important for us. And I want to pray for you right now before we go to communion. And I was in my mind as I was sitting there and, and listening to things going on and I was just like, Lord, let us be comfortable being in your presence today. Who cares about time? Who cares about other things? Because Lord, there is only so much opportunity that we get in a week where we can come together and join as family and do this together. And I hope nothing will begin to move in a place that's like, oh, we gotta get this over with. I got some place to go. I'll tell you, those, those Chinese individuals that I, I heard talk and just Google it, the church in China, whatever else. And, and I don't want to just bring all attention to just China alone. There's so many other nations. And I'll tell you what, we don't even need to go to other nations right now. We need to stay in Jerusalem and we need to be able to teach in Jerusalem, then Samaria, then we go to the uttermost parts. And until we get it worked out here in Jerusalem, how many want to be empowered this day? How many feel like, oh Lord, I want that empowering spirit to move into me. And I'm not saying that you're not doing it. Some of you are doing it and you're probably doing it in a great way, but you know what? Oh, the day's coming when there's gonna be another challenge. And Lord, I don't want to shy away from anything, no matter the cost. Lord, I just hold this group of people up right now that Lord are making a profession, even by lifting their hands or in their heart, lifting their heart saying, Lord, oh, I wanna be recentered back on you and I wanna have a boldness that I've never had before. I want you to pour a boldness inside of me. Lord, this is gonna have to be something I may pray for every day. But Lord God, I need a boldness. Lord, I thank you for the gifts that you've already given me, the love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. Oh, those fruits of your spirit, Lord God, I thank you for those. But Lord, I want a boldness to share those love, those gifts. I want a boldness to share like I've never shared before because I want to be so centered on who you are. Take this whole world, but give me Jesus. Lord, let our hearts be set on that today. Bless your people here this morning. Oh Lord, let that boldness begin to, to, to bubble and to brew and to, to be stirred up inside of each and every one of us, Lord God, as we call upon you and upon your name. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. The last thing that I wanna leave you with is gonna go up on the screen and I asked them to leave it up there for the rest of the morning. A missionary by the name of C.T. Studd, who was a missionary to China, India, and Africa, he said this, there is only one life which will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. You know, I think that's something that we gotta get deep down in our spirit. The only thing that's gonna last is what we do in the name of Jesus. We can have another thing. We can build another this or that or whatever. None of that's going to last. It's what we do for the name of Christ that's going to last.